God has a rich blessing in store for us today. Turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 6. Beginning at verse 35, verse 34, Mark chapter 6, it says, And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them, because they were like a sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and, the, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. We are concluding this series on the flow of abundance. And the very first week we began talking about how God tests us in our area of need. On last week, we talked about how God tests us in the area of greed. And today, we are going to talk about seed. We are going to talk about seed. Would you all pray with me? Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we bless you in this place. We worship you, and we ask, oh God, that you would indeed speak to our hearts. Father, we ask that you would send your spirit uh, to allow us and to assist us so that we may hear your word. I pray that you would stir us up on the inside, oh God, and allow us to experience you. And when all is said and done, Father, in the name of Jesus, we will give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory, for you alone are worthy. And in the worthy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. It was my desire to have with me a packet of seeds. Because I know that most of us don't like seeds. I mean, we go through great expense to buy the seedless variety of whatever it is we're eating. Uh, we want the seedless variety of watermelon. We want the grapes with no seeds in them. We, we, we want to buy the oranges that don't have seeds in them because Seeds mess with our culinary experience. Seeds mess with our eating. They get in the way of your chewing. They, they just mess up the whole thing. We spit out the seeds. We throw away the seeds. However, God has given us seeds for a reason. As a matter of fact, at the very beginning of time, God gave seed, and he talked about how that we would always have seed time and harvest. He said that seeds would bear after their own kind. So every time you are eating an apple, you are spitting the potential out to never have to buy an apple again. 
time you eat a, 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 a seedless variety of watermelon or you spit out or throw away the watermelon seeds, you are throwing away all kinds of potential because you don't have to be hooked up with the grocery store. With every bite, you have the opportunity to grow your own for free. With every single bite, God gives us for free seed. And the Bible says that when that seed gets in the hand of God's hand, it explodes with potential. You all realize that this is the way that God works. A lot of times we want God to bless us with something real big. But oftentimes he gives us seed. I mean, at the very beginning, there was a man and woman. I mean, he wanted to make this great big world, but what did it start with? Two people. I mean, he could have populated the whole wide world, but the Bible says that Eve was the mother of all living. So from two people, we now have seven billion. That's because God works with seeds. And he doesn't add, he multiplies. He moves exponentially. And so when he created the Garden of Eden, he didn't make a whole lot of stuff. But the Bible says he created in the plants the ability for the seed to bear after its own kind. So even though it was just an apple tree, that apple tree could bear lots and lots of apple trees. Can I tell you the power of one seed? One seed in five years can bear 12,500 trees. One seed, one seed in 10 years, that same one seed, if given 10 years, 156,250, no, 156,250,000 trees. This is one seed after 10 years. We're talking about God, how God blesses us with just a seed, but when we give it to him, he explodes it with potential. After 15 years, that one seed bears 19 trillion, 531 billion, 250 million trees, not apples, trees, one seed. 20 years, I'm talking about if you take a, a, a seed, one, and plant it the day you have a child, 20 years later, you will be able to have 24 million with 16 additional zeros behind it, trees. You can have your own apple farm with one seed. I'm not even going to tell you how much it is in, um, in 25 years. It's, it's something like 30 trillion with 29 zeros after it. How many seeds? One seed. Because a lot of times we're looking for something great and grand and God has given it to us. But we miss it because it's low. It messes with our eating experience. It's something that we spit out. We pay more money so we don't have to be bothered with that seed. As we read this story, we see that Jesus was teaching 
a multitude of people. If you read the verse just before the one I read, verse uh, 30, it, it lets you know that the disciples had been out and they had been working and Jesus saw that they were tired. They were so tired, he said, come aside and rest a while. So they decided to take a mountain retreat. The Bible says they hadn't eaten anything. They were spent. They were hungry. But when they turned around, there was a multitude of people who were there. And so now their mountain retreat had turned into this big Jesus convention where people are being healed. He is preaching. And the Bible says that Jesus did this all day long. Now the Bible tells us already that they had not eaten. Verse 31, it says, for there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So here come the disciples and interrupts Jesus' sermon. Jesus, the people are hungry. You've got to let them go so that they can eat. Now, the Bible already told you who was hungry, right? That's why they went up there. They hadn't even got a chance to eat, sleep, anything. They, they did good. They got through the whole service, but they're like, Jesus, uh, can you let the folk go, and us too, because they're hungry, and they need something to eat. And the Bible says that Jesus responds, you give them something to eat. Now, they couldn't feed themselves, much less 5,000 families. The Bible, when it talks about 5,000 men, they counted heads of households. So we're talking 5,000 families. So now they couldn't feed the 12 of them. And Jesus is saying, now feed the 5,000 families that you appear to be very concerned about. They're like, well, I mean, should we spend almost a year's worth of money to buy something for these people to eat? And Jesus answers in verse 38. He said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. This is a place where you can turn to your neighbor and say, you already have what you need to succeed. Jesus said, go see what you already have. See, a lot of times when we come up on problems, and, and we like, well, I need to go buy this, or I need to go get this. I need to do that. I, hey, uh, ladies, especially, have you ever had your children or your husband say, I'm hungry, and there's no food in the house? And then I go down and I look, the pantry still got food. The refrigerator still full. Can't fit another thing in the freezer. I mean, I thought, like, while we were asleep, somebody done stole all the food out the house. And then I go, and I look, I'm like, what are you talking about? There's all this food. Well, I don't want that. We need to go buy something new. Jesus said, see what you have. This, it, because believe me, God has blessed us with seed. How many know what, this is a trick question. I'm warning you already. This is a trick question. How many know what the first commandment is? It's not in Exodus, 
It's in Genesis. I'm giving you a hint. Genesis, I just heard it. Be fruitful and multiply. That is the first. Now, I love to tell, I love to tell all of my um, premarital couples, uh, you know, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm counseling folk that are about to get married, the first commandment is be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. Because God has placed within us potential and seed to multiply. So when we are looking for all kind of stuff elsewhere, Jesus had to remind, well, what do you already have? When the widow of Zarephath came and said, Elijah, uh, they're going to take my, um, the widow, they're going to take my kids, and, and I don't have any money. He said, okay, you don't have no money? What do you have? Say, so all I got is a little oil. Use what you have. And that little oil was what was the miracle in her life. When, when, when God came to Moses and, 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 and Moses, he told him, you need to go bring my people out of slavery. Well, how am I going to do this? I, 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 I stutter and I, I, I don't think I could be able to do it. God said, what's in your hand? He didn't say you need to go get Rosetta Stone. You need to go see Dr. Sister Mel and, and learn how to talk right. He said, what do you already have? This is how God does it. The woman with the two mites, Jesus stopped the, the service and he's like, she has given something that was bigger than everybody else. She gave two cents in church. But she gave what she had. See, a lot of times we think we need more wisdom. We need more money. We need more power. We need more all of this. What we have is a seed. And we need to learn how to use what we have. So they get the loaves and the fish and they began to do something. Now, this is, this is the thing. They get the loaves and the fish, and they give it to Jesus. Before I, before I, I skip the part, can I, can I back up a little bit? Because when John tells this story in John chapter 6, you know, they, they do the, the very same thing, uh, Verse 5, it says, then Jesus lifted up his eyes. He saw the great multitude. And they're like, where are we going to buy food that everybody can eat? This, this is Jesus asked them now. And verse 6 says, but he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. The next thing we need to know, not only has God given us seed, but when we come up on problems and lack, God is not caught by surprise. The Bible says that when Jesus allowed them to see this, he said he already knew what he was going to do. He already knew how many loaves and fishes. He already knew what the solution was. He already knew what 
he was going to do. Now, that should make somebody just a little excited because there's so many times when we have these problems and we think, oh, no, what am I going to do? Oh, Lord, did you know what the doctor just told me? Yeah. Oh, you know, before they sent you that bill, they, they woke up the person who put it in the envelope. God knew it was coming. He is not caught by surprise when we have problems. This God who knows all and can solve all, he is the one that says before you call, I'll answer. While you are yet speaking, I will hear. Because he already knows what he's going to do. That's why he don't have to tell you to go down the street, go down this. What you got in your house? Because he's already prepared you for what he's going to do. So they get these loaves. And this is a part that I feel like I just saw recently. Because they give, the, they give Jesus the loaves, and these weren't little biscuits. Apparently, the, the loaves, that was about what a man would eat for a day. So they could feed, you know, and this was just one meal, they probably could feed you know, about at least 15, 16, 20 people, maybe 25. So it was a little bit. It wasn't enough for everybody, but it was a little bit. And so here we have these um, loaves, and the Bible says that Jesus takes them, he blessed them. Then it says he divides them, not that he multiplied it. He said that he divides it. Do you all know what divide means? That means you make it smaller than it was when I gave it to you. So here we had this whole loaf. We give it to Jesus, and then it becomes smaller. And the disciples gave him a whole loaf, and then he gives them one-third of a loaf and says, now go feed the people. Can you imagine that? That's, the Bible says that he divided it. And the disciples, now listen, the disciples took that bread. What would have happened now? They were hungry. Five loaves would have fed 12 hungry men. Now, what would have happened if they would have eaten the blessed bread? Would there have been a miracle that day? You could not, you cannot devour your seed. Even as a farmer, no matter what, now when you throw away your seed, when you, uh, you know, spit it out or whatever, if you keep it in your barn all day long, what happens? Nothing. You have got to sow that thing. You have got to let it go. The Bible says, cast your bread upon waters, and in many days you will find it. And so those disciples, as hungry as they were, the Bible told you before those people showed up, they was hungry in the morning, and now it's in the evening. And now they have found exactly enough food to, it might not feed everybody, but it'll show feed us. And God divided it evenly. So we all got a piece now. But the miracle did not happen until they began to give it away. 
The Bible says then they distributed it among the people and then there was enough. God has given us what he's given us seed. He's given us potential. He has given us all kinds of wonderful things. And he knows what he's going to do before we even know he needs to do something. I wish you all had been, this is exactly what um, Brother Murphy was talking about at prayer meeting. Talking about God already knew what he was going to do. He said that he would be doing stuff and then, and then God would say, you need to go downstairs and go talk to your security guard. And right when he walks down there, the security guard needed to talk about Jesus. He said he had another friend who um, God, he felt like God was telling him to go to this person's house. He went for absolutely no reason, was just kind of sitting there like, I sure wish I knew why I was here. Then somebody knocks on the door and wanted Bible studies. Be, am I telling the truth? Before you call out answer, God already knew what he was going to do. This is the kind of God that we serve. I was reading about this lady. Her name was Alice. She lives in Alaska. She was trying to call her sister in Idaho. And the area code in Idaho is 208. She accidentally dialed 802 and called Connecticut. At that moment, the number that she called, a 90-year-old lady was having a heart attack. And as she was calling, she was able to talk her through it, get her husband on the other line to go ahead and call 911 and send 911. She's in Alaska trying to call Idaho, but God sent her to Connecticut. We serve a God who already knows what he's going to do. And she didn't need a whole bunch of anything. What she needed was her source, which was Jesus, who was able to put people in her life. I mean, this is not nearly as dramatic, but it, it, it blessed my soul today. It blessed my soul on, on Thursday, actually Friday. So I, I had this big, I still had this big paper, and it was due on Friday. And I think it was due round about 8 o'clock. And Jesus knows I just, I wasn't finished. 2 o'clock in the morning, I get up, and I know I have this much stuff to do and, and only got this much time. I was very tempted to snatch my first fruits and just use my whole time to do my work. But I know that if I give my first fruits of my time to God, that somehow, some way, he's going to stretch it or make it work some kind of way. So I go into my prayer closet and set it to my desk. And there I worship and I plead, Jesus, I need you to do a miracle because I cannot get this paper done by 8. I need you to stretch my time. I need you to stretch my productivity. I need you to multiply everything. I told you this is at 2 in the morning. When I come out of my study... I noticed I got an email at 2.17 in the morning from the school that said, first word, no rush. <laughs> Give it to us by Monday morning. Did you all hear me? Now, what kind of school be sending emails at 2 o'clock in the morning? At 
217, 17 minutes after I pleaded and asked God to do something miraculous. And see, I would have missed that if I had tried to devour his first fruits. But instead, I went into the prayer closet and prayed, God, I need you to do something miraculous. Just waiting for you to ask. I already knew what I was going to do. And so he woke up the person or whatever, however kind of way it happened, at 2.17, I got an email saying, no rush, get it to us by Monday morning. Huh? Do y'all know I ran up and through that house? So this is the thing, because now my time is absolutely gone. This is the thing. We have to have a multiplication mindset. Because Jesus already what? He knew what he was going to do. So he had a multiplication mindset. He knew he was going to multiply before it even started, before it even jumped off, before, before they even came. Jesus already knew. He had a multiplication mindset already. I think that's why, that's why Paul says, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Understand, Jesus saw the same circumstances as everybody else. He saw the same amount of people. He saw the same amount of food. He saw everything exactly the same, except he didn't. Because he had a multiplication mindset. And so he didn't focus on the deficit. He focused on the divine power. See, a lot of times... As we are calculating stuff, we forget to put God in the equation. So when you forget to do that, it ain't never going to add up right. You understand? But when I went to bed the night before, I calculated how long it was taking me. And I said, I have 18 hours more worth of work. And I only have six hours to do this. But what I forgot, and I mean, I'm, I could barely sleep because I'm like, how can I, how can I do this? I forgot to add God into the equation. Until you, you know you got this much work and you got this much time and this much money and this much patience, but you got this much God and he got this much power and he got this much peace and this much strength. We need a multiplication mindset. I dare you to start seeing your obstacles as opportunities. I dare you to begin seeing your problems as the beginning of miracles. Every miracle begins with a problem. So when you see them, get excited. That's why, that's why James says, count it all joy when you see trials because you know that this is going to work something miraculous in your life. Hallelujah. Tell your, tell your neighbor, you have what you need to succeed. We have got to use what we have. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it's written on your little next step thing. That's our verse for the week. Verses 9 and 10. It says, now may he who supplies seed to the what? The sower. 
God supplies seed to the who? To the sower. To the ones who use their seed. Not the storer. Not the hoarder. Not the any other thing you want to put in there. God supplies seed to the sower. John chapter 12, verse 24. Maybe they'll get it on the screen before I find it. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. You have got to sow what God has given you. That little boy, scholars trying to figure out why did he have so much bread and fish? They say he probably came to sell it. Saw a big crowd. Be like, I'm about to make me some money. And I am convinced that there were more people. There's some, there's somebody else had some more food than that one little boy. I'm convinced somebody had a granola bar in their purse. Somebody had snacks for their kids. But they wasn't trying to give it up because all these people, I mean, we're going to starve anyway, so at least my kid can be have, have enough food. But this guy decided he would give up his profit. He would give up his whatever. And I am, I am just sure that he came with a little bag of food, but he left with a big basket of fish and bread. The Bible says that when God got finished with that thing, there were 12 baskets full. Even the disciples, they had to give. There was enough for them. It was probably hard to give at first. Like, uh. But if they had not done that, they would have never seen their miracle. God is calling us. One to trust him, because he already knows what he's going to do. Now, you all keep me accountable when we in board meeting, finance committee, uh, business meeting, and we trying to figure out. God already knows what he's going to do. He knows how, you know, we need more space, and we do. He already knows what he's going to do. He knows that if the lights need to be on and off and all that, he already knows what he's going to do. And what we need is not more, but we need to use what we have. God has placed so much potential, and we steady looking out the window like, oh, I wish I had some of that. We don't know what we have in here. And God is saying, I don't need to bless you with additional blessings. You need to mobilize and use the blessings I've already given you. Because, see, the thing about it is, most people would take a nice juicy watermelon over a dried up seed any day. Because at the end of the day, you could cut a watermelon, eat it, and, and be done with it. But a seed, you got to work at that a little bit. You got to dig. You got to water. You got to fertilize. You got to make sure the bug's not eating it up. So I'm not saying that everything's going to be handed on a platter. But at the end of the day, when you have a whole watermelon patch, that is so much a greater blessing than a slice of watermelon a year ago. 85 days, watermelons only take 85 days. 
So don't that wait on the Lord. We said we don't mind waiting on the Lord. So come on with it. Because God has given us seed. Amen. That's why I believe that in this very room, there are best-selling books waiting to be written in this very room. Pastor Drummond, there are screenplays and, and TV shows waiting to go. There are, there are businesses that are waiting to spring forth in this very room. There are new songs, new records. There are new albums, Grammys. They're in this very room. Brother Devon, there's groundbreaking research in this very room that will change the world. There's cures for diseases in this very room. There are seeds for millions of souls being brought to Christ in this very room. There are straight-A students, scholars and scholarships for folk in this very room. There's doctors and degrees and associates and bachelors and math. There's all in this very room. There's demon conquering power in this very room. There's enough strength to conquer addiction in this very room. There is light enough to conquer darkness in this very room. There's power enough to conquer every temptation in this very room. There's compassion and love to bring this Merino Valley and this world to Christ in this very room. God has placed the seed of greatness in this very room. God has given us everything we need to succeed. The question is, what will you do with your seed? God is, you know, God been trying to tell you it's time for you to do this. It's time for you to do this. It's time for you to do this. And you ain't done it. You got to sow that seed. Businesses springing forth. In the name of Jesus. This church needs millions of dollars. It's in this very room. We don't have to worry about God provides everything we need to succeed. And we might not need millions of dollars. Somebody may just give us a church. You know, Pastor Whip told me, especially in the early days of this church, that they would just receive $39,000 checks from folk that weren't even members. $21,000. Why? Because God already knew what he was going to do. Why? Because God had already worked that thing out. And everything that we need, we already have. But now we don't have it just to be having it. We've got to sow that seed. We've got to turn this world upside down for Christ. We have got to allow the power that's in this place to move throughout Merino Valley. Folk don't need to be killing themselves and being depressed when we have this kind of hope and power in this place. We don't need that kind of poverty and, and, and lack when we have this much abundance in this place. So God has given it to us. 
and we've got to give it to the world. We're blessed to be a blessing. Amen? And so God is calling us as the musicians begin to play. God is calling us. Will you give back to him what he has given to you? I mean, God so loved the world that he what? He gave. And the Bible talks about even Jesus, the Christ, being a seed. A seed of the woman that is there to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that seed even had to be buried in the ground. But I'm so glad that three days later, hallelujah, I said, three days later, he rose with all power in his hand, sprang with life everlasting, sprang with power eternal, sprang with joy unspeakable, sprang with forgiveness for all our sins. And that's why we're here. That's what we're here to celebrate, that awesome gift. And as we begin to celebrate what God has given to us, what shall we render? What shall we give to God? The song says, Lord, I'm available to you. I want that to be our prayer. There's somebody that, one of the members in this church, who needs a car? We're believing God for a car. And I believe that it's in this very room. Somebody's had a conversation about what to do with this car. After service, I want you to talk to me and tell me, because there's somebody here, we've already been believing God for a car for them. And God is speaking to you, moving on you. If he ain't speaking, I'm not trying to manipulate. Or if he ain't speaking to you, keep walking. But God is speaking to somebody in this very room. My will I give to you. I'll do what you say. you to unleash the potential in our lives. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we bless you and we thank you for the seed that you have sown in our lives. Heavenly Father, we're giving it back to you. We are available, Heavenly Father, and in the name of Jesus, we pray, oh God, that you would establish the work of our hands, that you would speak to us, oh God, that you would give us witty inventions, oh God, that you would allow those businesses, those degrees, those those, those projects, those books, those research 
projects, Lord, those cures, Heavenly Father, to spring forth. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would mobilize us for kingdom work. That is what we are here for, oh God. We know that you will supply our every need, oh God. So we don't have to worry about that. We are now freed up to seek first the kingdom of God. For we know that all these other things will be added unto us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, do not let the enemy snatch this word from us, oh God. Help us to mix faith with it, oh God. Help us to move mightily, oh God. Heavenly Father, this church is a seed. We're going to be poured out for you, oh God. And we expect you to do great and marvelous things for the kingdom of God through us. Father, we declare and decree that we are blessed to be a blessing, oh God. Let our neighbors be blessed. Let our family members be blessed. Let city council and businesses on the same street as us be blessed. Let the kids that go to the same school across the street be blessed, oh God. Let your blessings fall on Moreno Valley, oh God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you are wisdom and you are strength. And in the name of Jesus, we want to see all the kids in the educational system rank higher than anybody else, oh God. Because we want this mind to be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with the marriages in this place, in Moreno Valley, oh God, because you are love. So bring homes back together. Bring families back together. Heavenly Father, we hope, we declare and decree that crime will go down because you are the judge. You are justice. You are freedom. And Lord, we ask that the seed that you have placed in us will explode and move mightily in this community. And when all is said and done, when they want to know how this little church did such great things, we'll say to God be the glory. We'll say that it is the great God Almighty. You get all the glory. You get all the praise. Nobody like you, God. We bless you, God. And we are just glad to be in the service. Oh, God, have your way in the lives of each person in here. Strengthen their faith, oh, God, and allow your anointing to rest on them. And, Father, we promise we'll bless your name. For we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Somebody give God a praise in this place.